there we go. We're back at a new season. A new season, man. A new season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Season oh. trace. Free. Yeah, that was the most American way to say it <laughs> in Spanish. You know what's free is in Swedish? Probably like dre. Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Trea. Trea. How are you feeling, Kiri? <clears throat> Good, man. Good. Especially right now. It's, uh, I don't mind cloudy weather. Actually, I like cloudy weather. But, uh, it's a nice, it's a little cloudy, but it's bright outside. It's a nice day, I think. I mean, we're kind of leaving the winter behind us. Steadily. Steadily. Yet, um, sometimes the days are still up and down when it comes to cold. Yeah. It's very hot one day, then cold the next, but. Um, I have my theories, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it was cold and very snowy when I left Sweden to go to Kenya. I bet. Oof. And then I came to Kenya, it was like a summer and yeah. the hottest yeah. day in 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 the country because it was a summer, right? Yeah. Um that's big contrast. Yeah, even once I left here, it was pretty. It was very cold. One day, I went to get um, my my debit card set up, mm-hmm. and that day it was just. So we left at like eight in the morning, and that day it was just the coldest you could imagine. So for, for Atlanta, it was just freezing, freezing. And then we go to Kenya, yeah, and yeah, it was the, the difference was so much better. I was, <laughs> it was hot. It was almost too hot for me. Yeah, but but. Quite the opposite. But you still survived, dude. You didn't complain about the weather, really. Oh, I did. Maybe not out loud, but in my mind, I was. Yeah, you were like, ah, this fucking weather. It was hot. Yeah. We played, remember? Or I played, and you refed. Yes. And it was just playing, like, pickup with... Sunday league folks. Pretty much. I don't... Like, they weren't in a league, I don't think. But they just got together every Sunday and just played together. Yeah. But they were... Most of them were in their 40s or 50s that day. And they could keep going. We played a full ninety-minute game, and they kept going. But I, I could barely, could barely walk. Yeah, I was like, "Kerry, come on, man, do something." <laughs> <laughs> you were like in the middle and kind of just, just walking around, wa- walking and <laughs> passing the ball. They were really excited when I said yes, so I could be the ref. When they asked me, and I said yes, they got really excited. Like they got excited that. Almost like for once, maybe in a long time, I don't know, that finally it would be like 11-11 yeah. uh, serious game when yeah. you have also a ref that takes this pretty serious. Yeah, they took it seriously. They did. They, they wanted did. to win. I, was I mean, surprised. I took it serious then too in my riffing. <laughs> I gave you a yellow card. <laughs> you were like talking back to me at one point. Uh, I'm like, come over here. <laughs> you can't get that. You can't do that to me. That's because you made a ridiculous like offside call or something like that. No, it was offside, man. Uh, Even if we would have used VAR, it would be offside. Well, well, that didn't happen to Mata this weekend, did it? Was he actually offside? No way that we can leave this game without just looking at what's just happened here with the VAR. Um, a very strange and controversial decision. Let's just go through exactly what's happened here. So there's a referee who is not here. He's sitting in a room a few hundred miles away. Neil Swarbrick is the man who's doing it. And after the goal was given, this is what he had a look at to determine whether he thought it was offside or not. We use these a lot in football. 
but they don't look like that, Robbie, when we use them. The, the line needs to be straight. That line's all wobbly. How can you how can you possibly have that as the line to work out whether it's Ridiculous. offside? That, that was a shambles. I've got to say, that was a shambles. And, and offside, it should be clear and obvious. The lines aren't straight. So, as Maka said in commentary, it's so difficult to decide on that, Jake. Is it clear and obvious? Those lines don't tell us. What a shambles that has been. And what Neil's then done is he's made the decision without any lines there at all. We've now been able to put our lines on. So if you take a look at this, this is what it looks like when, when the correct line is on there, Paul. And as we can see, as the ball is played there, it's very hard to say he's offside when exactly you're meant to give Benham here with the doubt to the attacker. There's no way you can say that's offside. I, I don't think you can. As it goes, he probably didn't deserve a 2-0 lead, but still, that, that is just not offside, yeah, on, is it? On that line, it looks like the both knees of the defender exactly and Mata is exactly the same yeah. spot. Mata's arm is offside, but you can't score with your arm. That is not clear and obvious. No. Yeah, that was a shambles. This, this technology is coming in. We're all doing our best to embrace it and try and have it as the future of football, and then something like this happens. Um, so, you bring up VAR, you bring up what happened to Mata at the weekend. Let me. I know you were kind of iffy on VAR from the beginning. Have has it your opinion changed at all, or is it worse? Do you still like screw VAR? Let's get rid of it altogether. I or? still fuck VAR for us. Mm. No, but I mean, obviously, I I buy into the idea of uh, th- there needs to be more fairness, and if it's like very bad call that affects the game, I mean that's devastating, and I'm a player too. Right. Yeah. I want to win. And I don't want to win because um, the refs gave you a penalty when it's supposed to not be a penalty. You don't want to be on that other end. I don't, want, don't want to be on that other end. That. Yes. So I have sympathies. I have the understanding of it, you know? Like, I want the game to... You know, we have the refs for a reason, right? We have them for making the right calls and protect the players. And I'm all about that. But... I really feel like there is a loss in the excitement when you have VAR. Like all of a sudden you don't know what kind of bullshit calls they can find, what, you know, how many times they're gonna bring in VAR during a game, how many times we're gonna see the refs didn't do the right call and they go back and show a red card or uh, There's an uncertainty. I'll give you that. You know, like, I mean, we watched, me and you, we watched the Atlanta United game in the halftime. It was fucking 5 0, and three of the goals came because of VR and plus a red card to the other right. team. You know? And it's just because the refs didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's good, though. I mean, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's what you're saying, but I mean, th- there is a loss in the excitement. You know, there's going to be a um, bigger frustration that magic that we see in football is going to kind of whine out. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. No, man. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I know a lot of people share that sentiment too. I've always liked the sort of human elements in soccer, mm-hmm. uh, that there could be mistakes. Like, remember the 2010 World Cup when England played Germany and uh, Lampard had his shot go off the bar and then i think it clearly went over the line yeah, it I was remember. clearly like but, uh, but the refs didn't see it yeah i like even though it was completely robbed it from lampard yeah in england it was unfair and we still talk about it today we still talk about it i like i do like that sort of controversy right now you will never see a controversy like that uh no no you no, you won't especially with like goal line technology Mm-mm. which has been flawless for it's been great that's been great yeah but uh 
But I do think it's important to get the right calls. And big games like that, as much as I like the controversy of that mm-hmm. game, uh, that in a big game, like a World Cup round of 16 match or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to get the calls right. And so I think it's ultimately VR still is being worked out, particularly in England is where I hear most of the complaints. It, I haven't heard actually too of, much. I, I mean, people get used to it here uh, in MLS. I don't know. But. I haven't heard too many complaints from England, to be honest. Oh, really? That's yeah. why I hear all of the complaints, oh, really? personally, yeah. All in FA Cup games. and I feel and like they like are that. screaming for getting VRR. Like, I, feel, I feel what's going to happen is... Maybe in this World Cup, maybe in the Champions League rounds, there is something massive is gonna happen. I'm I'm not saying like, yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying mm-hmm. a big thing is going to happen, and then you know they're gonna say they should have VR here. Is there gonna be VAR in the World it, Cup? Do you know? I don't think so. Okay, I don't know. I think that's a too soon jump. Yeah, can you look it up? I'm gonna look it up now. Keep yeah. talking. So you yeah. think that I think something massive is gonna happen, and it's gonna be a clear decision where the refs misses it, and then they're gonna install the v- VAR. But I think within uh, maybe two three years, mm-hmm. um, once you know most of the leagues has it, I think that the fans are gonna not wanna have it. I think the fans are gonna be the ones that like screw this. This is not what? good. This is not fun. Well, I think the fans are pretty split right now. It's like Wenger in, Wenger out. Yeah, yeah. How can you still be split about that question, though? Uh, can you still be split in about that Wenger? question? Yes. Can you? I don't know. How can you? I, um, he signed two big players. This, this, this. He didn't sign it. The club signed it. I mean, what do you mean he didn't sign it? I mean, it wasn't him that went after and made that solution. It was really the the Sven guy from Borussia Dortmund that Arsenal just brought in. Okay. That makes the transfers. Okay. And scouting. So it, it, it was his solution, really. But it he has really to run, through, run some of those decisions through Wenger, I'm sure. He doesn't just say, Wenger, all right, now you're going to have Aubameyang. Now you're going to have a Mkhitaryan. No, so. no. But... That was what was he gonna do, right? I mean, he had to do something to uh, give some more positive light, and it's like for the first time in I don't know what could it be ten years, fifteen years. Is <laughs> for the first time in very long time, Arsenal had a transfer window where they brought in players with a good star name. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, we know Ozil and Sanchez. Uh, you know, we know we know that. But I'm just saying, like, now we got Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, and all of a sudden, you can tell there's a different spirit in in the locker room and even on the pitch. There's like different kind of arsenal. Now you're looking at when you have attack with Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, Ozil. Yeah, I hope that's true. Mm-hmm. There's still uncertainties though in the locker room I think especially with Nakazet what to do with him plus the results since they've been here have been up and down right Mkhitaryan yeah. his first game I think we lost to Swansea right like right two to one or three to one something like that 
Then we Aubameyang comes in as well. We destroy Everton. Then we lose to Tottenham, and we were completely outplayed. Mm-hmm. Then we just beat Ostersons in the Europa League. So uh, with no Aubameyang, but still. So yeah. It's, so far, the result is back I and forth. They have been back and forth. Yeah, because uh, I think there's still uncertainty with Lacazette, with Welbeck, uh, likes of a Wobi. Welbeck is. Yeah, Welbeck is. Wilshere, I, I don't think Wilshere still signed his he contract. He hasn't signed yet. yet no, no. So. but but He's Welbeck, well. man, Welbeck needs to find a new club. But we find don't have that. any. Not like right now, Lacazette is injured. Yeah. So we don't really we don't have, have that. Else. We don't have anyone else. Yeah. Which is too bad because I like Welbeck and he's been good before, but he's not in it now. How would you feel if you've been basically starting almost all the games? I talking about Lacazette. Yeah, but he like, should have been I, starting more games. I think. I mean, he started almost all but the games. He's yeah, the main guy. Main guy, and and he got subbed maybe when it was twenty minutes left. On most of the games as well. Yeah, which is also unfair, I think. But yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there is like rumors maybe for like three, four weeks about Abameyang coming to the club. And then Abameyang makes one practice and then starts. And like I said, it's on the bench. If you would, like I said, if you would be like in that locker room or be a player that just gone through this. Um, what does this say? Uh, you, I don't, well, if I'm Lacazette, then I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel not good, bad. I feel, uh, I guess devastated. Yes. But, uh, I do think if I were in Wenger's shoes Mm -hmm. at that moment, I would not have started Aubameyang in that game against Everton. I probably would have had him come off the bench. That being said, he scored a goal. So it paid off. And with Lacazette not being in good form the past month or so, and with Aubameyang being, is going to come in and be the main guy, then I under, I kind of understand yeah. Aubameyang starting, but I, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have started him. I would have stuck with Lacazette. But you saw the game against Tottenham, right? When like I said came on. Yeah, yeah. He's one two chances. You saw his facial expression. Yeah. It almost looked like he was so pissed and so upset and so mad that he got betrayed. Welcome to the third season of Oz and Kings Football Podcast. Summer, obviously. Hey, by the way, did we 
Yeah. Did you look up the VAR on the in the World Cup? Yes, and it looks like uh, VAR. There is confirmation from FIFA. VAR will be. It will be. Cup, yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes. Um. Anyways, season three, guys. Welcome to another season of Oz and Kings Football Podcast. We are super happy that you're listening and we are very happy that you stick with us because season three is going to be an interesting experiment for us as well, Kerry, right? Yeah, yeah. we just came back from Kenya, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, We're going to continue to do the podcast like we always do, like with the type of content that we produce and talk about. Uh, But we have this stuff from kenya that yes, we have we to do. show off so we're going to incorporate that into the season as well yeah so uh, it will we will bring up our experiences and stories from kenya and our meetings and interviews that we've done and we're gonna present you a really cool uh, episodes about it but you know something that we felt like and really achieved with kenya is I would like to say, step into an uncomfortable situation, something where we're not really used to. In order to develop, you kind of have to do it. It's basically practicing insecurities to make them, to gain more experience and grow within it. So we, we took a chance on ourselves to go out in that unknown world <laughs> and... and uh, you know, we're really proud of it with the material we have. Oh, yeah. And we also recorded a video documentary that looks pretty sick. Uh, I'm excited. Oof. I'm excited. That's going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be different from the season three podcast documentary as well. Why not say, well, what would you say your favorite part of Kenya? Favorite thing we did? Favorite person we interviewed? Thing we talked about? I don't know. Honestly... What I liked most with Kenya was, it's going to sound weird, but somehow I felt like the air and the energy in Kenya was very pure. Like it was very liberating to be there. Like I felt like I was energized. I felt like, um, you know, I was on the mood to do this, do that, go on to the next one. Uh, the creativity f- was flowing and it wasn't like sometimes how I feel in US is like oh <laughs> man okay now you have to do this or now you have to go away here or my guess is that's because you're in a new place so you feel but I understand I understand but we were also surrounded by a lot of creative Young yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. definitely with ambition too. Definitely. So maybe that yeah rubs off. Rubs off mm. exactly. I'll say mine real quick was it's not a single moment, but during the trip, I thought it was so interesting that we were like halfway across the world mm-hmm. in Kenya, all the way in Kenya. Yeah, we still found little slices of what's familiar to us yeah we still found a soccer ball yeah definitely a soccer ball people that were crazy and passionate about soccer like us we found people that had been to sweden and stayed there and then and then um 
work over there for a while people that have been to atlanta mm-hmm. so i just thought that was i mean it shows small world right definitely definitely the biggest thing that happened kind of like in the football world to me was um alexis sanchez going to um, manchester united mm. as an arsenal swap fan. deal swap deal from with mctarian right and as an arsenal fan how do you feel Oh, not good. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about for a second. No, not good. I, just because I don't like it once a big player... I don't mind him leaving, I suppose. But I don't like it once a big player goes to our direct rivals. So. Yeah, like when we let Van Persie go to Manchester United. Yeah. Now we let Alexis Sanchez go to Manchester United. I mean, now I I remember in, the, in, in August where people were talking about like... We can't sell Sanchez. We can't sell us. We can't sell them. We can't sell them. And now, retro perspective, people are saying we should have sold Alexis Sanchez in August. Mm. Mm. I mean, that to wouldn't be to City then. Still yeah, rival, but. right. But still, get more money. Yeah. Um, mm. But I mean, it's, the solution is still good that Arsenal gets Mitterian. But oh yeah. Did you did you listen to what um, oh, makes me disappointed? But like what Sanchez told uh, Andre in an interview. Uh, I heard that people thought that Andre had told Sanchez or uh, influenced Sanchez somehow uh, to leave Arsenal and go to United. I can't remember what Sanchez said back to Henri, but I know Henri denied that and Sanchez denied that as well, saying that Henri didn't tell me to go to United. <laughs> so. It was something like that in the beforehand, but yeah. but after he actually went to United, Sanchez had an interview with Thierry Henri, and he was saying that he went to United because he always wanted to play for like a big club and he always wanted to win titles and he uh think he can do it at Manchester United and um, you know it's a uh, even like Mourinho said Sanchez left a fantastic club mm-hmm. to come to a giant club and you know it's just like putting down Arsenal from uh, being a team up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think this is first time it's happened. I think it's just the latest Sanchez Sanchez remarks is just the latest and a lot of a lot of people thinking along this sentiment that you know Arsenal we aren't what we once were. United even though they're not what they once were, they're still a big club with ambition. Signing in Pogba, I mean, I... Hadibra, uh Sanchez, so uh, True, true. They have like one of the most expensive players in the league. I mean, Arsenal don't have don't have ambitions right now to win, to mm. be one of the best anymore. Not not now, not with the likes of Wenger and with Stan Kroenke, and you know, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
what happens when you don't really have a good management and organization? Can you tell a few clubs that has fallen out of the... What are you thinking of? Leeds? Leeds, yeah, sure, you know, but Leeds is kind of coming back now, like in the top of the championship. Oh, good. But, but look at... Newcastle or something? Look at... Uh, if you look at championships table... I don't think you're gonna get a shock. I was getting a shock. I'm like, what? What the fuck happened here? Seriously? This doesn't look good. Who's in the bottom of the league? Uh, Sunderland? Yes. Mm. Who else that we recognize? On the bottom of the championship. Sunderland are second to last. Just above Burton. Holy shit. Did you know it? No, actually. What did you think they were? I probably would have guessed. I haven't heard too much talk of them, honestly. So I wouldn't have thought they would be top. I figured they would have been mid-table or so in the championship. So how how bad is it for them right now? That They are actually with 26 points in the bottom. 30. Uh, no, I don't know how many points. Yeah, you're at 26. Yeah, yeah. Likely to get the drop down to League One. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it's, I read an article that says that they are selling the club for 50 million, 50 million pound. Is, do you want us to buy it? I mean, we can <laughs> almost buy it, dude. 50 million pound. Yeah, let me just reach into my wallet. Well, I mean, Abomayan went for 55. Yeah. So, is it really nothing? Ah, that's fair. Or, yeah, actually, that isn't so much. Is yeah. It 50 million, yeah, that's not too much. But So, maybe we can go ahead and buy the club. What would what change I would you do? <laughs> what change would you do, though? That, I mean, we know they have a good fan base. Ooh, I have no idea. Uh, Let's play the idea. You took over Sunderland. What would you do? Ah, man. Uh, First, I would hire me as a coach. Okay. And then you can keep going. Well, that's not what I would do. You would hire me first as a coach. Hire you? As a coach. Oh, no, 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 no. Head coach. I would hire... You'd probably be like uh, a player. No, 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 no. No, no I don't want to. No, no, no. You'd be like the. Uh, you'd be a part of the staff, but like, uh, is there, do they have shooting coaches? Is that a thing? That's probably I, I hope so. They, yeah, I, I gladly let you do that. Something like that. I'd implement one if there is one or not. If that's normal, I'd, I'd start. Ah, shooting see, coach. I, I like your friendship here, man. You find a role. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they have like goalkeeping coaches. So I don't know if it's, <laughs> So yeah, that's where I'd put you. And then I think I would uh, do what I can to to reconnect with the fans, I suppose. That's a hard one. And that's something that sounds good on the surface, but that's it's tough. But I, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd also have someone that I, that I would hire as coach the, that knows the club in and out, maybe. Someone... That played for the club for the long a long time or so, 
or that's been a part of the staff for a long time, even through the changing of managers mm-hmm. that they've had. Um, some Someone that's been there and knows what it's like to keep Sunderland in the Premier League, which they were where they were for a long time. Right. After that, I can't think of anything. This is why I wouldn't be in management. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> now, my first, I would, like you said, first look over the kind of coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also, I guess maybe... it would be interesting to have someone that they know already. Right. Like maybe ex player and someone that you know been in a situation like this. Mm. I also will look over the salaries first of the players mm-hmm. obviously we are in a economical situation here if they're selling the club for 50 million pounds it's nothing so look over who what players have a lot of salary but not really um performing yeah yeah and, yeah. and then right. try to do like a t- some type of money ball and bring in players on loan and from big clubs would you use like a technical director or something Along those lines, uh, that's what I am right now. That's what you are right okay. now. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will look into some of the big clubs. Uh, you know, big clubs uh, loan system. What players do they have? You know, there's, there's some good players there that are not getting good enough playing time, especially young players. Yeah, you know, like uh, Chelsea is yeah. one of the best academy in England. Yeah, so kind of get some talents. And some experienced players, and start thinking long term. But also, something you said, reconnect with the fans. You know, which is not easy. No, but I think one thing that helps is is looking within Sunderland's own academies, bringing in at least one or two of the top talents and have them playing as much as possible. Yeah, have them playing with the first team as much as possible. Yeah. That's something that the fans enjoy, having one of their own, being a key player. Um, but also, you said look for the future. That's, I think, the best way to get to the future. But right now, the only thing they're looking at is the points they have. Yeah, that's what trouble of being in relegation, isn't it? It's You tough. don't look about the future. You do whatever you can to Oof. survive at that moment. Oof. I've been there too many times. Or have you? I haven't. Always been in championship fights. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've been relegated. You don't know the feeling of being relegated, bro. Nope. Oh, disgusting. It's like a punch in the stomach from a bully almost. Like it's... Yeah, you failed basically that season. Sure. You know, it sucks. Then how do you... I bet you're then uncertain for the next season too. What sort of changes will be made? If any. Hopefully changes will be made. Most likely you lose players. Right, yeah. Like, who loses, or what players will you lose? Are you one of the players that leaves? Goodbye. This touches on how cutthroat, I believe, the football world can be at times. What is a cutthroat, man? Cutthroat, like, tough, strict, harsh at times. Okay. Um, I mean, Sunderland, who... I'm not too... Su- I'm surprised, but, but they've been so poor the past few years they Um, have been poor man so i'm not surprised that they're still struggling i just didn't expect them to be almost relegated again but that i mean they're desperate now they've got to do whatever they can a lot of changes will have to be made you know 
And back to the top of English football. Mm-hmm. I look at Manchester United, mm-hmm. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Liverpool. Liverpool to an extent, not quite as bad. Okay. I think things are maybe just starting with Liverpool, but that's kind of tougher because as bad as their defense is, their offense is so amazing. Yeah, right? it's so, one of the best. I mean, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I mean, their talks with Mourinho and Pogba, if there's some sort of rift between them, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe, I, don't, I honestly have no idea. But this just puts more unwanted pressure, I think, on Mourinho and on Pogba. Uh, but more significantly to me is Chelsea, Conte. Chelsea are underwhelming again. Conte seems like he doesn't want, to me, he seems like he doesn't want anything to do with the club anymore. He's not really having things go his way. I mean, Conte, I feel like, has been realizing that he's not getting the support he needs. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and not just from, like, rumors that they're going to replace him with, with Luis Enrique, but just that support of buying in new players. Like, last yeah. season, they were on fire, man. I know. They don't really help Conte with getting the players he wants. I mean, in the winter transfer, how many strikers were they going for? Oh, yeah. They were who? Uh, Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. <laughs> who is this one other one? Uh, Zeko. Jekko. Yep, that's it. Uh, there might have been one more. I can't remember, but... Uh, and then they got Giroud, in Giroud the end. at the end, but you know they w- left. They let Bashoi yeah. go to Dortmund, and he's been doing Excellent. success. Yeah. So you like, oh wow, wait, wait a minute. You look at the Chelsea's uh, squad, and you have like players like Drinkwater. Now you have players like Giroud. You have players like, um, you know, Sapa Costa or. Yeah, it's not really super intimidating, no, is yeah. it? No. <laughs> you know? Uh, they're playing against Barcelona this week. And by the time this episode will be out, Barcelona probably, in my guess, will fuck them give over. Give me a score. Huh? Score. Score. Give you a score? Yeah. 2-1. Okay. This is that Stanford Bridge, too. Yeah. yeah. Messi's gonna stay still and just look... At the goal and just standing still, kind of dancing with his left foot, gonna just place it. I replay almost of Ronaldinho's goal back in the days. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Messi will score. No, but he'll get two to one. Sounds right, but he'll get both of the assists. He'll pr- probably he'll be like shabby or something. What are you talking that. about? Man? Because he's just gonna it's gonna be so easy for him. He's not no, even gonna need to no, move. No, what are you talking about? Dude? He's gonna stand still, like you said, just stand in the middle uh, of the park, on, get the man. ball, spray it's it around. Messi, we talking about, pass, bro. He's not gonna. It's messy, man. I know, but he's not gonna need to Messi do any more. Could, would probably score more than two goals. No. I was just like kind to. Messi has never there. scored. Messi. Chelsea. Are going to score maybe even four goals. No. Like, it's Messi we're talking about. Yeah, but he's never scored against Chelsea. Two, never. Never. It's I don't think that matters at all. Time, I, don't dude. Think, yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah. But he's not going to need to. It's going to be so easy. Suarez is going to run the show. Paulinho is going to run the show. Like he has all season. Messi is just going to take it easy, go on cruise control, stand in the middle, spray inch perfect passes, and uh, get both of those assists. I but know. I mean, it's a shame because I th- once the draw was made, when the draw was made, the first half of the season, Chelsea were okay, right? I thought they were doing. I thought they. Were, I think they were second or third in the table. 
I thought that, and Barcelona were getting the job done, but they've been unspectacular this season. So I thought this was going to be a good, good game. But now, I don't think there's any way Chelsea could get this. And it's just, when compared to last season, once they were dominant to how they are now, mm-hmm. it just goes to show how how big of a shame it is that a club like Chelsea can go so high to so low and how they do it consistently. This is what I mean by it can be harsh, the football world. Because right before that... It can be cutthroat. It can be cutthroat. <laughs> before that, <laughs> uh, uh, Mourinho was on top of the league, dominating, and then Chelsea finished like 10th or something like that the next season. Then Conte dominates, and now they're underwhelming again, like 15 points or whatever behind... Uh, you right, City. Dude. In one season, Pogba plays in the Champions League final and gets the mo- world's most expensive transfer to Manchester United. And now people are screaming after where is that Pogba yeah. that we bought? Yeah. Um, the, the football, you know, changes very fast. Like you said, Giroud went from Arsenal to Chelsea. We, that's another uh, one, by the way. I also want to say um, Theo Walcott went yeah. to Everton. He just had to come and grab his stuff in the evening, you know, just just to get the transfer done. And like that, after 12 years, he was like, basically without really saying goodbye, like personally saying goodbye, he would probably come back and say goodbye to his friends. But just like that, um, went to different city uh, for different services, and uh, the Giroud one. Sorry, by the way, is another one where I, I'd I'd say it's good for Giroud. It's good. So for I'm, him. I'm happy for him. But again, selling a good player to a direct rival again, right? It's like so weird for Arsenal standpoint. I don't know what to make of it because you got two great players, McTarran and Aubameyang, which is great. And in winter as yeah. well. That doesn't happen. But we strengthened... But we strengthened our two rivals, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. And I'm telling you, Conte is a coach that knows exactly how to play Giroud. He knows Maybe. the way Giroud's strength is. And the way Giroud plays is actually really fitting um, Chelsea with players like William and Eden Hazard. So I'm telling you, this yeah. is Champions League season. And you never fucking know. Last season you had the game where PSG won at home 4-0 and lost away to 6-1. Yeah. So I have a feeling right now that Chelsea might surprise us. Really? Even though you just said that Barcelona would win 2-1 this game? Dude. Messi. Yeah. Messi. If Messi will go off like that, it'll be in Camp Nou. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not at Stamford Bridge. No, but this is time for Messi. So, I'm so confused. Are, do you think Barcelona's going through or Chelsea? No, I just tried to... Uh, <laughs> I just tried to not be wrong. Either way, it's okay. gonna <laughs> work out. <laughs> I think Messi's gonna give us a show. It's mm-hmm. been a while. It's time. That's true. You know, with time, everything changes, you know? Like, you maybe meet 
old friends to see old friends so you're like i don't recognize that person anymore or you go to your old neighborhood you know you it's changed like when i went to urbro my hometown in sweden damn they're building so many new buildings like it was almost hard to recognize the city mm. i felt like i'm in a different city in sweden almost you know and uh, change is inevitable because even the earth we stand on is always rotating is always changing so change is a movement we always on move in one way or another correct yeah and you can see this totally in the sports world in the football world um players changing clubs uh teams losing the glories and in the second division fighting for their life basically um you also can see this in oh which is the worst Tottenham dominating a game against Juventus in Champions League which is disgusting how that's possible but it's a change you know and the it's the hardest thing with change you know is like accept sometimes the change people say be in the moment but it's hard you know like let's say you gain a lot of fat and you change you're not gonna accept that you have a fat guy now you know what I'm saying you're gonna feel bad about it what are you saying about me N- not nothing about you you uh, what are you saying about yourself i'm fit i go That's, to the gym yeah you're right case in point just like you said no, denial I'm, fit, man. I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to accept change you know it's hard to accept that this is the reality um and um even though you might see the changes you might feel like ah, it doesn't change my mind no yeah that's the hardest thing to change your mind yeah everything else could be changing but inside it's hard to change the way people think at times exactly so what do we make of the season three that we uh, we just launched well you mentioned change this change like i said a lot of stuff will be will be same old, same old podcast, right. but there will be a lot of new stuff coming in. Um, new great content. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I have to say, being back, yes, starting to get into the groove of things again. It has been a while. It's been a nice, while. Nice, good long preseason. Yeah, uh, break. Um, but I'm excited to get it going again. Me too, bro. Me too. And you know. We are changing as well. We just had our first interview the other day. Mm. Oh, yeah. That we got interviewed, I should say, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, it was fun. It was fun, man. It was fun. And there's so much more to come. And season three is going to be the season of change. Thank you for listening to the first episode of season three of Oz and Kings Football Podcast.